Welcome back to the Music Therapy Podcast with Giving Song. I'm Kristen and I'm excited to be your host again today. It has been a crazy year and it feels like an eternity since we've launched an episode. A little backstory here. When we launched this podcast in the spring following the initial COVID-19 shutdown, our vision and intention was to share information and resources about music therapy to a wide audience and to do it quickly. It was simple. When our clientele work decreased significantly, we shifted our practice and this podcast came to be. It was a passion project many of us had secretly bubbling under the surface that emerged at the start of the shutdown. We ran with the opportunity, did enough research to know sort of how to do it, utilized Anchor for ease, and focused on sharing information. We took on an aggressive launch schedule to post weekly, and we kept it up for months. But, like many of you, our work has changed. And in the midst of this pandemic, we have too. As a team, we switched 100% of our clients and contracts to teletherapy and continue to navigate the cumbersome and delicate task of reopening safely to offer individual and small group therapy with strict preventative measures. In those transitions weren't enough. We also hosted two full-time interns, said goodbye to our very dear therapist, Holly, who we miss very much and wish her the very best of luck on the next chapter in her journey and consequently welcomed a new clinician, Maggie. As one might expect, we took some time off from the podcast to focus on our interns, onboarding our new clinician, delicately transitioning our clients to their new clinicians, transferring all of our school contracts online, and investing in our team culture and relationships, all while focusing time and energy on self-care for ourselves through this unprecedented time in history. In that time, we also gained some perspective about what our vision and focus for this podcast is, and much like 2020, it has pivoted and evolved in a different direction. We will be sharing 20 episodes this year as the Music Therapy Podcast, at which point we will migrate to a new platform. I'm going to stop there today, but look for all of that information on our 20th and final episode of the Music Therapy Podcast to launch later this month. But today we are highlighting an incredible team member who's been riding this crazy wave of 2020 with us since June. She has built resilience, brought inspiration, and been a light to our team. Now, I had a few issues with this recording in Anchor with voices overlapping, so please pardon some of the transitions, but the interview was too good for me to scrap a lot of the parts of it. So now to the episode. We have a very special guest today. You have actually heard in previous episodes with our interns, Lexi Gutierrez. Lexi is a soon-to-be graduate of Drury University, woo-woo, my alma mater, um, and from Springfield, Missouri, uh, with her bachelor's in music therapy. Lexi has been with us at Giving Song since June for her music therapy internship. Um, actually, when this airs, she will be in her last week of internship. I can't believe that you have one week left. I've actually had the pleasure of journeying with you 
um, or with her through her as her supervisor. And I can say she is an incredible person. And this is just the beginning for her. You will undoubtedly see more from her in the future. So Lexi, welcome back to the podcast. Let's dig in. So to get started, can you tell all our listeners just a little bit about you, your likes, where you're from, all of it? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm from the Chicagoland area. I live about an hour and a half-ish north of the city. Um, I'm in like the far upper corner. I live right by like Michigan. And I was very shocked when I moved to Missouri and there weren't just lakes everywhere because I live in <laughs> Lake County. So I thought it was weird. I couldn't go 15 minutes to the beach. But uh, I did love my time at Drury. Like Kristen said, that's where I went. And I am within days of graduating, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it's all been great. Um, a few things about uh, my likes and dislikes. I love traveling. I've had the opportunity to go to Germany three times. Uh, my mom's a foreign exchange student there in high school, and we are still going to visit her family every few years. So that's a super neat relationship. Um, and then I've also been to the Czech Republic once, but my dream vacation is to go to France, specifically Paris. But like beyond that, I would love to just take a few weeks and just explore the entire country because there's so many different areas and unique things about France. And I just love the culture. So that would be like my dream vacation. Um, I love my succulents. A lot of people know that about me. I love my <laughs> succulents and I love my fish. And if somebody asked me to pick between a zoo or an aquarium, 365 days of the year, I would always pick the aquarium. <laughs> I love aquariums. Under the sea is my thing. Also, one thing that a lot of people that aren't necessarily like super good friends with me don't know about me is that I love hockey. I love the Chicago Blackhawks. I, <laughs> yeah, it's something that like most people wouldn't just like look at me and be like, ah, oh, yeah, she likes hockey. But I do. I love hockey. When they were on their winning streak for a few years there, oh, it was so fun. Those rallies and parades are just so energy filled. So yes, that's one thing a lot of people don't know about me. That's amazing. I didn't know that about you. How do I not know that? That's so cool. It's funny you say that because when I was writing this up earlier, like, you know, looking through my notes, I was like, hmm, I don't think most people at Giving Song, if anyone would know this, Alyssa might just because we had a few classes together. But yeah, I guess it's just not something that comes up in conversation very often. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And then one of my dislikes, I actually, I was talking to my mom and I was like, what's something I really don't like? And she's like, you don't like this thing that I'm about to say. Um, so something I'm very passionate about and advocate for a lot. Um, I do not like when people treat individuals with special needs less than or as incapable. Like it grinds my gears more than almost anything else. Um, and so I always find it best to focus on their abilities and never set limits. Um, so if I had to pick one thing that I do not like ever, and I will always not like, it would <laughs> probably be that. 
that's probably a, a one of the better things that you could not like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, and I completely agree. Yeah. I guess some of my hobbies would be, I love hammocking, um, reading, especially while I'm hammocking. I also love to bake <laughs> and scrapbook. I have um, quite a few scrapbooks. Oh, I also forgot. I took a trip to the UK uh, with my choir after my freshman year of college. So yeah, that was another neat travel thing. And I have a giant scrapbook from that trip. Oh my goodness. That brings me so back to when we went as well, um, when I was in school at Dury. Such a great, great trip. Oh my goodness. The Dury Singers. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, I remember all of us were, um, we were at a meeting and we were all talking about like our Enneagram numbers and, and like our personalities and how important it is for not only for us to know that about ourselves, but as well as, you know, for everybody who you're working with, our staff. And so what would you say like your personality type or what is your personality type? Um, and then maybe share something that maybe we don't know about you well other than the hockey now (laughs) about you but I guess something that maybe you're known for all right so my Enneagram type is a type one but I'm wing two um and just more generally talking about personality um I'm pretty determined a lot of people know that about me I'm pretty high energy and I care about things with a very strong heart. If I care about a person or a thing or something that I'm doing, I care all the way, whether it's good for me or not. But I think most of the time it's better to care a lot. Um, And something interesting about me that some people know, but is kind of a new fact for people that I'm just meeting is that I did aerial silks for a few years um, and it was my favorite hobby I've ever had. I would love to get back to it tomorrow if I could. So yeah, that that's something kind of fun about me. And then I guess what I'm known for depends on the group. When I'm with my family, I'm the baby of the family. I'm the youngest <laughs> cousin and my older cousins take their role of looking out for me very seriously. So I very much appreciate them for that. <laughs> now in my church, I'm known as being very musical. I've been very active in my church since I was young, getting up on stage, singing the, the song that all the youth were supposed to sing at the second service. I would do it by myself at the first service if I had to. And anytime I'm home, I try and... Um, just share music with them. I've been able to do some stuff during virtual services. And then in my friend group, I'm known as the one who's always bringing us together, reaching out, asking how people are. Every few months, I send everybody a card just because. So yeah, that's, that's a few things about me. Well, you are definitely determined as your supervisor. This I know very well. You are very determined um, and energetic, which comes through really great in your sessions. Um, and then I know so deeply in what I have seen in the work that you've been doing is that you do care <laughs> such a strong heart. And I think that speaks so, so much to what you don't, what you said, the one thing you don't like is yeah. that you're so strong about 
people being treated with kindness and compassion and um, just at the having so much high expectations for everybody and never lowering those and um, seeing people for who they really are. And I think that comes through perfectly in your personality. It aligns perfectly with it. So, and cousins are so good at being, you know, your protectors. Oh, yes. (laughs) So great about it. Well, so now we know a little bit more about you. Let's talk about you and music. Now, you did mention that you did a lot of music in your church. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else, what else about, you know, what is your, what are some of your favorite styles of music? And then, um, you know, how'd you get into music? And then how did you get into music therapy and even come to this profession? Yeah, for sure. So my first instrument that I ever started with was piano. I started that at four, and then actually when I was five, my parents were looking for something for me to do over the summer and signed me up for theater camp, and until I um, was done with high school, I was very active in theater, and that's another thing that I'd like to get back to once I have a little bit more time. Um, So I've done piano and musical theater since I was really young, and then... As I kind of got into middle school and then even more in high school and college, I switched to more of a vocal primary. And in college, vocal was my primary instrument. I'm a first soprano through and through. (laughs) And then um, I learned a little bit of guitar before college, but I really started playing a lot more while I was in college. And although piano is probably my favorite instrument to play, I use guitar a lot more just because it's so much easier um, to do quickly and carry around with you. Um, I'd say my favorite type of music to listen to is probably Christmas music. And I think that a lot of people, if they had to associate a type of music with my personality, they would pick Christmas. And I (laughs) love Christmas so much. Um, So, yeah, those are my music history and music preferences and then how I got into music therapy is kind of a long story I guess I was kind of building up to it most of my life Um, but with that strong background in music my aunt is actually the one who got me started in lessons when I was four and that same aunt works in special education she has my entire life and since I was very young she would just like bring me to work with her every now and then sometimes I'd go visit her and I just thought that she had like the coolest job I loved being there and then uh, when I was in high school you know people start asking what do you want to do and so she asked me one day and I was like you know I'm just not sure because I love special ed so much but I don't think I want to be a teacher and I love music but I don't want to be a music teacher and I don't want to just be a musician And so she was like, well, why don't you come see our music therapist at school? And so I observed their music therapist, Mr. Joel Kay, for one day. And since then, I've been set. I knew it was the career for me. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how I found the fields and kind of how I started my passion for, for everything that I'm doing now. And now you're living out your dream. I am. Oh my goodness. I love how all those building blocks just kind of all piece together. It's just such a beautiful connection. Mm -hmm. 
So for our listeners that are interested in music therapy or maybe have friends or family that are interested, what did you look for in your training program and why did you choose Drury? So when I was looking at schools, I knew that music therapy was what I wanted to do. Um, So that was kind of my first criteria. And that knocked out most of the schools in the country right off the bat. But then beyond that, I knew that I wanted a small school preferably a private school in the Midwest so that I wasn't too far away from my family. So that really narrowed my search. But I liked that Mm -hmm. because I knew what I wanted. I didn't feel, you know, limited by my search criteria. Um, And so Drury was actually the first school I visited. And then I had a few (laughs) others and I just kept comparing them to Drury. And I was like, well, it must be because that was the first school I visited. Like I need to try and open my mind a little more see things from a broader perspective and stop comparing everything back to Drury. But the entire time I was doing the college search process, Drury went like above and beyond out of their way to make an effort to make me feel like I belonged on their campus. And they were right. That's where I ended up. They also have a music therapy clinic on their campus, which is an incredible Mm -hmm. resource So they really had a lot going for them. And despite me trying to convince myself that I was, you know, focusing (laughs) on them too much, there was a reason for it. And it was it was definitely the right choice. Well, you're talking to a Drury grad. So I am I love Drury. And I it was actually my first one that I visited as well. Oh, wow. We I did like uh, I did three in one weekend, oh and Drury was my first one. And at the end of the weekend, I was like, I mean, there's just no comparison. Drury's <laughs> <laughs> where I fit best, and oh, it's just such a great school. Yes. Yeah. So, but we're a little biased, but it really is a great it school. Is. So. <laughs> All righty. Well, you are at your senior year, and so you know this is something that we've kind of talked a lot about, and and just in the journey of your internship, but. Because of this global pandemic, your senior year was kind of stolen almost. Like, I mean, it, it's not necessarily stolen, but it's very different. Um, definitely different than you were expecting initially. So, and I know that you were so involved um, at Drury and just the student and government. And um, I mean, obviously with also your uh, your field study placements. And so how has that been for you and how did you really cope with all the changes? Yeah, um, it was heartbreaking. When I found out that we weren't going back, it was just like everything just crashed down around me. I didn't know what to do. It was, uh, yeah, it was sad to say the least. Um, It was really hard to just have everything come to an end so abruptly. And I had so many plans with my friends and my organizations um, you know, it, it was the last few years of, or the last few months of my senior year and I didn't get to finish my last student government project. Um, my friends and I had some plans just of things that we were looking forward to doing at the end of the year. Uh, one of my friends and I, we would go for walks every day when it was warm out. Um, during our lunchtime, we'd do like half a walk, half lunch and our goal for the year was to walk every sidewalk at Drury, and we got most of the campus done, and then it got cold out, and we were ready to get back at it in the <laughs> spring, and we didn't get to finish that. Oh. Um, 
some of my friends and I were supposed to do a little trip as soon as I was done. Um, they're still at Ture for a few more years, but uh, a lot of plans just had to be put on hold or, um, you know, things that we'll have to come back and do in future years. But uh, one thing that was different about how I dealt with this is that I just let myself feel what I was going to feel for like one of the first times ever. I didn't try and bottle it up. I didn't try to ignore it. Um, that might have been because I didn't really have much else to do or much else to focus on. But um, as hard as it was, it was good to just feel those feelings. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess one of my best coping techniques or mechanisms was to just keep in touch with my friends as much as I possibly could because we were all going through the same thing regardless of grade all of us had things we're looking forward to at the end of the year um but the fact that it was my senior year made it a little harder because I am not going to get to go back and do any of those things but um just getting to be on zoom with my friends or facetime or phone calls whatever we could do to try and create a sense of normalcy um, was the best that we could do. And I kept in touch with my family at home because I stayed down at Drury. Um, It was better for me to be there kind of just on my own. Um, It was a little more contained there than everything was back near Chicago. So I stayed at Drury. Um, So keeping in contact with my family and ensuring them that I really was okay um, and just talking to my friends uh, is kind of what pulled me through those initial weeks and months when nobody really knew what was happening. Wow. You know, I even, it seems like that was so long ago, but um, it just, it wasn't all that long ago, but man, so much has happened since then. Um, But I just remember even being here and um, I mean, knowing that you were coming for to your internship and just thinking like, oh my goodness, what is life going to be like here in, in a few months? You know, and I'm just so proud of you because I think you have just been on such a wonderful journey, at least what I have observed on in the internship portion of it. Um, So what would you say for other seniors who are entering their senior year, um, really music therapist or or any degree, what would you, what would you say for them to encourage them or give them some resources or something? Yeah, I think the, best thing you can do is just do all the things don't try and wait for a better day don't hold back um because there might not be a better time to do it so if you have an idea and you want to do it just like be spontaneous go do it um because it's always better to have more memories and have time to do more things later than to like wait and not get to do them um so i would just say do all of the things as as soon as you can, as much as you can, just do it all. <laughs> don't don't take uh, don't leave any stone unturned. Is that what exactly. they say? Leave anything unturned. Yes. In our jury sphere, I like to say just do you it. My friend, do you it? Corny. Ah! <laughs> it was like a marketing campaign or something that I just never let go, and I still say it now sometimes. Just do you it. You know, you've been on such a journey and I've seen it and um, it's been a really beautiful journey from um, from my side. And so, you know, that as we go into kind of talking about your internship, what did you what were you looking for in an internship placement? And, you know, because you you contacted and were accepted 
way before mm-hmm. all of this and all the pandemic. And so um, we just kind of rolled with it once you, once we got here. And, um, but what were you looking for back then in an internship placement? Well, I knew that I wanted to be in a private practice where I would be able to work with individuals with varying abilities because that's just what I love. That's what I was fairly certain I wanted to do. But I also wanted to experience populations that I haven't had the chance to work with before, not only to expand my knowledge, but also just to give myself that opportunity to see if there's something else that I love more. And it's been great Mm -hmm. working with a lot of different populations. Um, I've learned so much. And I'm happy to say that I'm still in love with the thing that brought me to this field (laughs) in the first place. Yep. Yep. You're amazing in all of them, but that is definitely the one you still keep coming back to. And you're going to be so awesome at it. You are awesome at it, but even in this next, in this next step, you know, your internship is, is as all internships right now are very different than you ever initially think they're going to be. So what did you specifically, I guess, learn and, and how has the whole internship experience been for you with learning telehealth and um, real, I mean, really all the transitions that you've gone through, which have been a lot within, um, within your internship time. Um, I would say one of the things I had to let go of was like expectations for my day and structure because you never know what's going to come up. I had to kind of rearrange my space a lot to make it usable for therapy And in learning teletherapy, I would be lying if I said it wasn't a challenge, but I think I've learned to adapt as needed and adjust little things here and there. And it's still an ongoing process. I think for most of us who have been doing teletherapy, there's, there's still so much to figure out because I mean, the field's been around for 50 plus years and we're still figuring out new things and teletherapy we've only been doing for a few months so it's just constant Mm -hmm. change and at first that was a challenge because I really strive on structure and knowing what's coming Mm -hmm. um so that has been a big adjustment for me but it's been a very good one and one that I don't think I would have learned as well as I have if we weren't facing the circumstances that we are right now yeah yeah I mean, that's, that's completely true because there would have been so much more structure. I mean, you wouldn't have had clients canceling or having to reschedule as much. I mean, that's, you see that always, but, um, but it's so much more now with, oh, we thought we were going to be in person. Well, actually, no, now they're quarantining. So now we're going to be on telehealth. And so even within a matter of hours switching from, okay, I thought I was going to be doing this in person and now I'm doing this on telehealth and Um, it's just such a, it it was, it's just been such a transition and such a learning experience. And you've got to experience so many different things, you know, with just so many more online things. And so, um, that, and the music therapy community has been absolutely incredible with sharing resources. I mean, I've been so, this is a side note, so impressed with that profession, um, at how they have just come together and supported each other and shared knowledge just in the support of of 
better therapy and more effective therapy and supporting everybody who's going through it. So side note, music therapy is awesome. Our profession is awesome and music (laughs) therapists are awesome. Okay. So moving on, um, what advice would you give for those entering their internships? Specifically, I would say music therapists in the middle of this pandemic, because we are still in the middle of this. Yeah. Um, I would say that we know we need to give ourselves grace, but be sure that you do that even more now. Um, because mm-hmm. yes, we've all received the training and I came from an incredible program at Drury, but I was not mm-hmm. trained in teletherapy. So, uh, and that's no one's fault. We never thought that we'd be doing this. Um, so I've been doing some teletherapy and some in-person um, but even during mm-hmm. those in-person sessions, they're going to be different than what you've experienced. Um, you know, you have spacing limitations and taking these extra extreme precautions. Um, and it's a very large, sharp learning curve. Um, I'm still on my way up. Um, but just while you're experiencing all of that and facing all these challenges, just rely on what you know, um, because your training that you have is still applicable. You're just doing even more with it. Um, so just keep your mind open on a new way of doing things, new ideas, and gaining all sorts of new skills. I mean, that's absolutely wonderful recommendations because grace is something that we all, oh, we need to have for ourselves. We have for others and we just absolutely have to have it for ourselves. And you're right. I mean, even just learning to how to sing with a mask on because you hear differently, it's so much harder to find your pitch because of the somehow, I don't know how any idea how the mask does it, but if you're wearing a mask, it's so much harder Mm -hmm. to find your pitch and hear what the guitar is doing and what's, you know, it's, it's just, everything's distorted. So, um, so it's just such a uphill climb. We're all we're all going up it and supporting each other. That's great recommendations. So as we kind of cap your internship experience, what are some final things that you've learned that you um, you know just specifically in your internship experience in this pandemic? Uh, one of my clinical skills that I've learned a lot about and implemented is songwriting. It's something that I've never really used in my sessions before. Um, it wasn't applicable with a lot of my clients that I was seeing. Um, But also just the thought of writing something from scratch or even parodying something with a client was kind of overwhelming. Um, But I read the book called songwriting. I believe it's by Felicia Baker and Tony Wigram. And it gave me all sorts of ideas and I brought them to my sessions and we've, written two different songs now. Um, I have two clients that I was doing songwriting with and one of them did a parody song and one of them, we made a song from scratch and they're both really awesome songs and I'm very proud of them. Um, But I'm also proud of myself for bringing that in, not being 100% fully confident that I knew what I was doing, but um, songwriting has been a big area of growth for me. And then um, another clinical thing is just learning when to step interventions back and recognizing upstream issues. Um, So sometimes, you know, you have this idea and you're going with it and you have 
your intervention ready to go and you bring it to the session and it doesn't work. And so you kind of have to consider, okay, why didn't this work? What are we actually working on? Why is this thing an issue? Is it because of A or B? And then based on that, you kind of have to bring your intervention back a few steps to, you know, solidify Mm -hmm. those areas before you can focus on the original thing that you were doing. And then the last big lesson is uh, not so much clinical, but if you don't do it, your clinical work probably won't be as strong. Um, But just acknowledging and practicing self-care. A lot of times in the past, I've been like, oh, I don't have time for that. Like, I have all these things I need to get done in the day. So like, you know, my self-care is eating dinner with my friends for 15 minutes, which like, that's not self-care. That's not a break. And I loved my friends and it was great getting to eat dinner, but it was not good self-care. So I would say one of the biggest things I've learned outside of the clinical realm is just acknowledging and implementing self-care for myself. Oh my goodness. Well, that is something that we have really focused a lot on um, in your internship. It's something that I've, I've traveled with burnout and, and I've seen, unfortunately, music therapists travel with it as well. And, um, and so I have now taken it as a really big thing that to, to mm-hmm. help prevent, to help prevent, and that there are steps to, that you can take. And we just didn't, you know, some of us were, um, you know, I mean, everybody kind of goes through levels of burnout and, um, but it's, it's so good to have tools so that you either don't get there or that it's not as big of an issue when you do, and you have resources so that you can travel through it, um, in an effective manner and get to the other side of it. So we've done a lot of talking about this in your internship and a lot of exploring it. Um, but what does self-care, I guess, mean to you? And what have you, what have you learned specifically? Like, what are some strategies that have been most effective for you, um, you know, on this whole self-care journey? I think one of the most effective things for myself is just allowing myself to rest. Um, before I, mm-hmm. I just didn't really like it. I felt like I should have been doing something in that time. Um, but now I like to try and make sure that I take that time to rest and relax when I can, um, rather than just filling all my time with things to do. Um, and so some of the things I did in that downtime um, were hammocking. Like I said earlier, something I really love to do. Um, I like to just explore the parks here in Columbia baking just because um and then just playing piano just because I felt like it um and then sometimes you know just doing nothing just laying down watching a tv show or movie and just doing that not worrying about anything else and it it counts it's self-care it's you know sometimes you just need a break your brain just needs to zone out and you do that when you sleep, but sometimes, you know, you, you really just need to do that during the day to just give yourself that downtime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's something we just kind of, everybody just kind of moves over and there are lots of different types of rest, um, you know, creative rest and mental rest and physical rest. And so being in tune with what type of 
what type of um, energy that you're extending every day? Is it physical? Is your job very physical? Or is it very mentally or emotionally exhausting? You know, you're going to need to support it with that type of rest, with emotional rest, physical, physical rest, whatever it is that's going to meet those needs. And um, self-care is, is not one thing for everybody. It's so many different things and it's, it's, you know, so many different, different ideas. And um, so I love that you shared so many of those ideas because that might pique some interest in somebody else listening um, to give them kind of um, something to, to kind of go, go try, I guess, to see if it's, Mm -hmm. it's restful for them. So are there any specific resources that you have um, that you want to kind of share about for your, I mean, as you kind of journey through this? I think my favorite thing that I started doing for self-care was just playing piano to play. As I said earlier, it was my first instrument. um, But as I kind of moved more into voice and guitar, um, it it took a little bit of a backseat. I stopped doing lessons when I was about 13, I think. So I was like, I just don't like this anymore. I don't want to do it. I want to do something else. Um, But I have come back to that in more recent years, not only, you know, in undergrad for clinical purposes and for my degree, it was part of my curriculum. Um, But even beyond that, I've just been playing to play in recent years. And I've done that a lot during my internship when I had the chance to. So I would recommend that if you have an instrument or even some sort of different passion that you've moved away from due to lack of time or whatever else that may be, um, just try and implement that in your self-care because if it's something that you really loved before, you might love it again. And if not, that's okay. But uh, for me, bringing that back was incredibly beneficial. I think that that is such an important thing to to mention and I'm glad you did because as music therapists you know we we start with loving music so many of us are like we're going to be music therapists because we started with a love of music but then when it becomes your job it becomes your job and you know just like we need creative and physical rest we need sensory rest as well and so so many of us you know, I mean, I remember this when I was fully working, coming home and really not wanting to listen or play anything because I was so, I needed sensory rest. But it's so important to remember as music therapists that music is our tool. It's our community. It's, it's what we communicate with. And if we no longer have a relationship with music, that affects how we use music in our therapy sessions. And so it is our responsibility to continually check that. And I think this is a great way to do it is to just kind of put away all of the goals, put away all of the music, Mm -hmm. just play, just play something for fun, revisit maybe something, you know, that you did when you were, that you loved. And one of the things, the songs that brought you into music, um, you know, when you were younger and uh, kind of stepping it back and and rebuilding and, and nurturing that relationship that you have with music. You know, and everybody, I want to just remind you, we will link all of the um, all the links in our show notes so that you can access those. And um, I did want to plug here just uh, the Resilience Over Burnout, a self-care guide for music therapist ebook written by Amy over at the Harmony Resource. I'm telling you, this is um, a resource that I came across over a year ago, and it has, was really very foundational for me, and it's something that we have for every one of our 
um, our employees that we have, have gotten purchased and, and, and have them go through and we have our interns do it as well. And so on the flip side, you then also get the CMTEs once you are board certified. And so, yeah, you just yes. get those right <laughs> off the, right off the bat, which is so great. Um, but I guess, do you have anything that you wanted to share about that journey that you went through with that, um, that self-care resource? Cause I just, yeah, I really so like that one. It kind of has you outline what your self-care plan is. And I always knew that I didn't have one, but then I had to kind of, you know, write down the things that I do for self-care. And I was doing a lot of the things, but I was doing them sporadically or, you know, I considered it as like a task and as in part of my day. Um, so, you know, you do a self-care inventory and then you create a self-care plan and there's a few different steps to get you to that point. And so it was very helpful to like write it down and see what I was and wasn't doing. And, you know, I was doing a lot of the things I needed to just not in the ways that I needed to. Um, so that book and that process kind of got me to a much better, healthier point of self-care. You know, okay, so let's switch gears. So we've talked about curriculum. We've talked about you. We've talked about training and internship and, um, you know, let's, let's come to where we are right now. You are about to finish your internship in one week, which is nuts. And then you are going to sit for your board certification exam. So Lexi, how are you feeling about that? It's a little (laughs) overwhelming because it is such a long exam and there's so much information to know. There's so much that could be covered on the exam, but I just have to keep reminding myself, um, that I have the knowledge and training to do it. I just need to be confident in in those abilities. Um, And of course there are areas that I need to review and study up on, um, but thinking of it more as a review rather than learning, I think is good for us because um, I, I mean, our music therapy programs are pretty standardized. So no matter where you went, there's a very good chance that you received a very good education. Um, and obviously I'm always going to mm-hmm. talk up Drury and I know that I got what I did there. So I just have to keep, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. reminding myself that I, I know this and I'll, I'll do what I need to do on the day of the exam. But there are resources to help. So what are some of the resources that you have found helpful as you've been studying and getting you prepared for Yeah, so I've been doing rereading the, the New Music Therapist Handbook. I'm just kind of reading through each of those steps of treatment. Um, and then I've been using several of my intro to music therapy books. I can't remember the exact titles, but one of them is a newer book um, by Andrew Knight. Life Lagasse and somebody else whose name is escaping me right now. Um, but I've been using that one. And then um, the other intro book, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it was the book that we used in my intro to music therapy class. And I, I think it's one of our standard mm-hmm. intro books. Uh, so I've been using those just to review population population specific things, terminology, any concepts that I need to just kind of refresh my brain on a little bit. I take notes as I go and then I make myself a Quizlet. I love Quizlet. It's been my go-to since like 
high school. I have over 150 sets on my account. Uh, so yeah, it's, oh my it gosh. doesn't work for everybody. Everybody has their own study techniques and whatnot. I know some people prefer handwritten, but Quizlet works very well for me. So I read it, I take the notes, I make a Quizlet, and then I just run through those. Okay, I'm totally new to Quizlet. It's basically what like is this? virtual flashcards. Um, so you type in your term and then you type in the definition and then you can just do like flashcard style review, look at the term, flip it over, read the definition or vice versa. But um, they'll also put them mm -hmm. into like tests and quizzes for you or turn little, turn your terms and whatnot into little games. But for me, I always use the write function. So what it does is it shows me my definition and then I have to type in the term. Um, and then it, you know, tells you which ones you got wrong. So if you have a set with 50 cards in it and you get 30 of them right and 20 wrong, it'll restart your round with just those 20 and it'll just keep doing it until you've gotten them all right. And it, you know, it's virtual. It is, a uh, you know, a technology computer program website. So it has um, the capability to just keep track of the ones that you keep getting wrong. So if you've done your set 10 times, and there's five terms that you've gotten wrong seven of those 10 times, it'll tell you, you know, these ones you should really review, and then you can review just those seven. <laughs> My mind is blown. I'm so sad that when I was in school that I didn't have this. Although I am a handwriter. I write so many, so much, because that, that's helpful for me. But that's amazing. Definitely going to link that in the show notes because I can see that that's going to be helpful. Well, Lexi, you have shared so much with us today and offered so much encouragement for other, others. Um, let's talk about what's next for you. Graduation, job, and a little something that I'm really excited to share that came out of your community outreach project for internships. So let's start with graduation and so job. I What's going on with you? on December 12th. Um, very excited. It's, it's so soon. It's a little scary, <laughs> but it's mostly exciting. Um, so that's coming up in just a few very short weeks. And then um, after graduation, I'll be moving to Indiana. Uh, for my job, I accepted a position with Bridges of Indiana in their West Lafayette office. Um, they serve individuals with disabilities in a lot of uh, varying ways. Um, so obviously, I'll be there for music therapy, and I'll be starting there in January. Oh, my gosh. I remember when you told me that news. It was just like, for a, music, for a supervisor, <laughs> this is just the best thing to hear. Like, you trained, and you you know, spend all this time and, and you put so much, you know, emotion and, and support into this and, and then to find that you are, are going to go to the next step mm -hmm. is just the best news. <laughs> it's just the best news as an internship director. So, you know, during your internships, this is, I'm, we're so excited about your job and graduation is going to be such a great celebration for you. And, um, <laughs> although it'll look different this year, but, I, it's going to be, um, uh, it'll be a good stepping over that. I'm now no longer a student. I'm now a professional and you're getting ready to do that. 
So through this whole thing, right, this whole internship, this whole process, we do have you engage in some community outreach. Well, this year, community outreach looked a lot different um, than it would have in other years. And so you had this amazing idea that you presented to me early on about a resource encouragement sharing. So tell us a little bit about uh, MT Illuminations. I saw that I needed to complete a community outreach project. And I was like, well, there's not very many community things going on right now, but (laughs) social media exists and it is the largest community that you can reach, um, you know, beyond geographic boundaries and whatnot. Um, So I started an Instagram page called Music Therapy Illuminations and I initially started it as a way to share about music therapy with people outside the field and educate people about what we do and advocate for the field. But as I've kind of created it and I've been, you know, looking at who's following, who's engaging with my page, I've seen that a lot of my followers are other music therapists, which is great. And I love the support from others in the field. Um, And because of that, I kind of now have a twofold vision to it. So I'm going to continue sharing posts about the field, um, not only to educate those who might not know, but also create shareable resources for other music therapists and also just connect with other MTBCs that are out there. Um, So once my internship is done, I mean, I'd like to keep that page going. Um, I think that it's been a fun thing for me to do. And I think that it's a good resource to just keep going and see it continue growing. And my vision will probably keep on changing and expanding. Um, But (laughs) as I talked about earlier, you know, just adjusting and changing as I need to. So um, I'd like to keep it going. And you can all find that on Instagram at mt underscore illuminations and we will absolutely link that in the show notes and it has been so fun to share that and follow that as you developed that it's been um just a real joy to watch that progression so miss lexi as we wrap it up today i want to thank you so much for joining us and for sharing so much of your heart and your passion for music therapy You know, as a music therapist, I also want to thank you just for continuing to invest in our profession and not only becoming a music therapist and, but with MT Illuminations and sharing, you know, your, your whole vision around that was to share music therapy. And that's something that you're going to continue to do. And as your supervisor, I have been so impressed with you and wish you just the very, 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 very best as you take this next step forward um, as a professional music therapist. I just get so emotional at this time because it's such a, you know, we invest so much in you and um, it's so, it's so wonderful to go on the journey with you. Um, So we here at Giving Song are behind you a hundred percent and we'll continue to support you even after this. But until we wrap up, I have a few questions. All right. So three questions. One. All right. What so are you I reading? just finished a book called The 13th Tale, and I haven't started anything new yet, but I have two that I'm very excited to read. The first one is called The Drury Story. I always saw it in like administrators offices. And if I was ever at the president's house, there's usually a copy or two lying around. 
And so one day I just looked it up for fun on Amazon and I found a copy. So I immediately purchased it. And um, I'm very excited to read that um, and just kind of learn a little bit more about the school I went to. I, I know it has a very rich history and I know some of it, but I'm excited to read some more mm -hmm. about that. I'm very excited to read about the chapter on student government because I've always wondered how and when it started and a little bit about that. So um, I'll, I'll be an alum soon, but my love for Dre will still be there. So I'm excited to read mm -hmm. that. And then also I'm very excited to read Barack Obama's new book, The Promised Land. When Michelle's book came out a few years ago, uh, Becoming, I read it in like three days. And like politics aside, I just love the <laughs> I think that they are just very yep. good people and they are just so fun to like see what they're doing. They have very interesting stories, uh, each of them. And another little fun fact about me, mm -hmm. when I was little, my dream job was to be the president of the United States. I had a book called How to Be the President. I had a book called Kid President. I've read countless books on Abraham Lincoln. I read a book called, oh, I can't remember the title now, but it's just all about the like behind the scenes friendships and relationships between presidents during and after their terms. Um, so yeah, I just love reading those books. You're a total government <laughs> junkie. Yeah. That's, that's what you are. I love it. I love it so much. Well, those are great recommendations. And I didn't even know about the Drury story. Yeah. I'm going to have to see if I can get a hold of that because that's fascinating. Yes, Drury. I mean, we're so in love with Drury, but it is, it just captivates you mm -hmm. and hugs you. It just basically hugs you and doesn't let you go. That's just pretty much how Drury is. I mean, you walk down Drury Lane yes. one time and you're stuck. You're just stuck. It's, it's, it's a lifelong love affair. Alrighty, so moving on, what are you well, listening right to? Well, right now, uh, I've been listening right to a lot of Pentatonics Christmas music. Yes, I've been I mean, all of year course. for it to be socially acceptable <laughs> for me to listen to it. Um, and I also really like listening to Florida Georgia Line. I have a few different Broadway cast recordings I just love. And really just whatever else, whatever else I add to my Spotify playlist, I'm listening to something different all the time. But for the next few weeks, about, you know, month and a half or so, Pentatonix Christmas, you will probably find me <laughs> listening to at least 75% of the time. It's it's going to be on, yes. the, on the go-to list, huh? Well, Pentatonix, they're amazing. I just have to absolutely agree with that. So... As we wrap up, what is an affirmation or quote so you would like to leave with our listeners? So this is my favorite quote of all time. A lot of people from Drury have heard me use this before. It's on the t-shirts we handed out to every single freshman in the school a few years ago. It's on a mug that I made, but it's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, and it reads, Be sure you put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. I love that. Of I mean, course. of course, why wouldn't it be from Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> of course. Be sure you put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. You know, I think that just mm -hmm. caps everything today, Miss Lexi. That 
caps your whole experience, your whole internship. And just, I think it's a wonderful thing to, for everybody to remember right now. And the end, as we near the end of 2020, be sure to put your mm-hmm. feet in the right place and stand firm. Beautiful. Lexi, well, thank you again for being you and for joining me today. That's all, folks, we've got today. We will see you one more time this year for our 20th episode coming in December, later in December. That's right, 20 episodes in 2020. We didn't plan that at all. Looking for that because we are have so much to share with you, some major, major changes that we're excited to share. Um, you get to meet another team member that's joined us, Maggie, and We are putting together all the 2020 puns we can absolutely come up with for that. So um, you will not want to miss it. Our whole team will be there and it'll be just a really good time. So until then, you can find the show notes and previous episodes at www.themusictherapypodcast.com or www.givingsong.org. That's where you can find us. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Song LLC, at Giving Song LLC. And that's it. Until next time, have a wonderful week.